0: not sure if you guys were here last Sunday, but we had uh, Tim Watley from Ethnos here with us last Sunday, and um, he was sharing about the glory of God revealed through creation. He shared about a moth that spoke ant and was raised in an ant colony. I, I love that story. And uh, when he was ready to get out on his own, he just basically headed out. Um, Tim also shared about uh, having how humans have trouble describing God, how we... Hardly even have the words to describe God. Uh, And God is beyond our comprehension. And our finite minds can barely barely comprehend how we can describe God. His greatness and His magnitude. So, I'm not anybody here in attendance that was here last week actually remember that word that Tim used. You're going to have to speak it out loud because you're going through a mask. No. Tim did this little, ah, job. Dang. I thought it was pretty great. So I just I love hearing Tim. I love having Tim here with us, and more than that, I appreciate the, Tim, the friendship that Tim and Kathy have with the It's pretty great. So I too come from a place of being uh, overwhelmed by greatness, overwhelmed by the greatness of our Heavenly Father, His goodness to me, His grace towards me, His mercy towards me. He loves us deeply. He cares for us deeply. And that's every single one of his kids. Every single one of us who have put our faith and our trust in Jesus. He loves us and cares for us deeply. One of my favorite Tozer quotes is this one. Man's supreme function through all eternity is to reflect God's highest glory. And that God might look in the mirror called man and see his own glory shining there. Through man, God's glory is reflected to all creation, including people who may or may not know Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a rather exciting statement for me. Exciting and scary all at the same time. Exciting because it comes with a, a job description, what we're supposed to be doing. So my question for you this morning is, and it's for myself too, is how are we doing as reflectors of God's glory? Tim was talking about God's glory last week and what that what that looks like in creation, but as followers of Jesus, we are reflectors of God's glory. So that passage that Jason read for us this morning, we find this idea of a mirror. So I brought a mirror with me this morning and I'll grab it in just a second. This passage has become pretty near and dear to me. You spend a bit of time with guys like Pastor Phil or Pastor Claren, and yeah. Pretty apparent. They're great reflectors of Jesus. So, I brought a mirror with me this morning, and uh, we're going to just spend a bit of time just looking at what a mirror is. So, a little bit of history for you as we. Uh, is that going to look bad in the camera? No, we're going to So, a little bit of history into mirrors. Mirrors have been around for a long, long, long time. So, ancient mirrors used to be just basically like a dark bowl and then they would fill it full of water and then that would basically, you could look in there and see a reflection. So think of a fountain, as you walk by a fountain, you look down in and sometimes you can see a reflection. That's what an ancient mirror would have looked like. After the water mirror was created, they actually implemented this, this uh, another type of mirror basically, it was volcanic rock and they would polish that thing so smooth could actually see reflection in that, that mirror. So it's a black rock, and it was completely polished. That was actually around, they found these things in ancient digs, and that was around 6,000 BC, so that was like, we're talking way, way, way back. Another uh, kind of interesting little thing is, the belief in breaking a mirror and bringing seven, bad, seven years of bad luck originates in Roman times. These guys actually believed that when you broke a mirror, that your soul was actually broken too. And so that's where that one actually came from. Today, I don't know, lots of you probably already heard that, that superstition, right? So uh, it's still around today. When I was thinking on this topic this morning, I had a chance to think through a few different aspects of the mirror that we uh, probably never really think of. So the first one is, uh, our reflection depends on our position and our perception. Our reflection depends on our position position and our perception. So let me kind of explain these a little bit more. The closer we get to the mirror, the bigger we look. The farther away we get from the mirror, the smaller we look. Our reflection, reflection depends on position. Number two, the mirror gives us an unbiased and truthful view. So if you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, have you ever gotten angry at the mirror? It's not the mirror's fault that you have a bad hair day. It's your fault that you have a bad hair day. The crazy hair, the mirror didn't do that. That was you. So, it's not the mirror's fault. Number three, in order to get the full effect of a mirror, the lights need to be on. You can't really see yourself in the mirror with the lights off. Uh, number four, in order to really take advantage of a mirror and what it can actually do, you need to spend a bit of time in front of the mirror. So, I'm not, I'm not an authority on this topic at all, but how long does it take you to get ready to go out? Apparently, if you're going to be putting on makeup, it takes a bit of time in front of a mirror to get the makeup on properly. These are all uh, mirror observations, (laughs) mirror mirror observations as a dad joke, isn't it, that you may or may not have ever thought of. Our passage this morning really touches, really teaches us about the importance of spending time in front of God's mirror. The importance of spending time in front of the mirror so that God's glory is reflected through us. So let me give you that Tozer quote again so that you can see actually where we're going and the direction we're heading in. Man's supreme function through all eternity is to reflect God's highest glory and that God might look into the mirror called man and see his own glory shining there. All right. If you haven't put your... Oh, let's swing her up to the top. If you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, that means there is no reflection. That's point number one. As you can see, I've been in a bit of a thinking mood again this week, and when I get in those thinking moods, I get into Tozer quite a bit more for some crazy reason. He kind of helps me process. And, yeah, I don't know why, you, why that happens. So here's another one, and this is from The Purpose of Man. All the holy prophets and the apostles teach that man fell from his first estate and destroyed the glory of God, and the mirror was broken. God could no longer look at sinful man and see his glory reflected. Man failed to fill the created purpose of worship to his creator in the beauty of his holiness. So what he's saying there is we cannot reflect God's glory if we don't know him. If we've never put our trust in Jesus... His glory does not reflect through us. This is what Tozer, he continues with this. If we had the courage, we would preach more on the image of God in man. This does not mean that unconverted man is saved. He specifically is lost. And except he repent and be born again, he will never see the kingdom of God. If he dies unforgiven, he will certainly go to hell. All that, I believe. And the only reason a man can be saved is that God has put eternity in his heart. So we've been designed to have a relationship with Jesus. We've been designed, that that design and desire has been there since creation, since the beginning. We were designed, we are designed to worship. We're designed to reflect God's glory and to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's our design. We cannot reflect God's glory if we don't know Him. That goes for all people. That could be, People who are sitting in churches every Sunday morning, that could be people who have never even heard the name of Jesus except as a story we are all designed to reflect God's glory, but we can't do it unless we know Him as our personal Savior. So if you're not sure of that today, if you're not sure of where you stand with Jesus today, uh, there's no better time than right now than to make that decision. One more those quote for you. For worship to be accepted by God, it must be renewed after the image of Him that created you. That image must be restored. Only a renewed renewed man can worship God in a way worthy and acceptable to Him. So putting your trust in Jesus is the best decision that you will ever make. It's the toughest decision, but the most fulfilling decision. It will not be easy, but it will will be extremely rewarding. But not in a way that we think rewarding by the world's standards. It's rewarding by God's standards. The biggest reward will be to know Jesus better and better every day. So that leads us to our second lesson from this mirror. So the further away I stand from a mirror, the less I reflect. I know some of you are going to argue this point just a little wee bit because... And here's why you're going to argue it. It's because when you're driving in your car and you look in that passenger side mirror, what does it say? It says objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. So we're not talking about that kind of mirror. That's a concave mirror. We're actually talking about this mirror right up here in the middle of the windshield. Right? That mirror in the middle of the windshield is going to tell you it will reflect better than this mirror over here. So we're talking about this, wind, this mirror up here. So let's say you're driving down the road and you look in the mirror and you see a car back there. It's a long, long way back, but you can see it, you can tell it's a car, but you don't really, you don't know what kind of a car it is, you just recognize that it's a car. So you slow down, and that car catches up, and soon that car is right behind you. Now you can see, maybe it's a great big Lincoln, maybe it's one of those goofy little smart cars, Uh, maybe it's a police car. That's a good thing to know too. So for all of us who who know and love cars, uh, maybe we could even start to begin to tell the make and model of that car. But you can't do that until that car is right there behind you. The closer that that thing is to you, the more you can tell what it is. The closer you are to the mirror, the more you can tell what it is in the reflection. It's the same way it is with Jesus. The closer we are to Jesus, the more we look like him. The more others can see him through us. So... As we take a look at the passage this morning, what the passage, the first thing the passage is doing is it's showing us some things that if we see these things showing up in the mirror, we are not reflecting the glory of God. Because that's what a mirror does too. It shows us the things that are not right, and it shows us the things that are right. So, as we look at our passage, there's some things that we can see that do not reflect God's glory. So, the first one is, we begin with anger, anger. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Human anger does not reflect God's glory. If you notice the passage, though, the passage does not say that when I become a follower of Jesus, I will never get angry again. That's not in there. What it actually says is the goal is not to live with anger. So as we grow closer to Jesus and his image shows through us, we begin to reflect him more. So more of Jesus equals less of anger. doesn't mean you won't get angry again. It just means less of anger. It's a process. So if you have a problem with anger and you're not reflecting God's glory, others are not seeing Jesus through you. Anger seen, or I got another one. The stories are numerous of people who have had interactions with people who call themselves followers of Jesus, but these angry people have have not shown Jesus' reflection. Anger seen in people are supposed to reflect Jesus, turn people away from Jesus. So the second thing, as we look at this passage, it says to rid yourselves of moral filth and evil. So it says put boundaries in place, put guardrails in place to guard your heart and mind so that these this moral filth and evil doesn't creep in. So if what you're listening to causes you to live a life that doesn't reflect Jesus, stop listening to it. If you're watching, doesn't, lead you in a way that reflects Jesus, stop watching it. If who you're hanging out with causes you to live a life that does not reflect Jesus, find people who will constantly lead you to Jesus and help you reflect God's glory. Our goal is to reflect God. And how can we do that if we're constantly surrounding ourselves or participating in what the Bible is saying here, gossip, slander, and moral filth? We can't. We really can't reflect Jesus if that's what we constantly surround ourselves in. We fall farther and farther away. Next thing you know, our reflection in the mirror is farther and farther away. We're not reflecting Jesus anymore. The third thing our passage says, this is a really hard-hitting passage, it says to control our tongue. Without controlling our tongue, our acts of worship and spiritual discipline are worthless and we are deceiving ourselves. We don't reflect Jesus if we don't control our tongue couple more Tozer quotes for you here. It says, what a bunch of unworthy people we evangelicals have become daring to stand up on our feet and preach to an intelligent audience that the essence and the final purpose and the cause of Christ is to save us from hell. How stupid can we get to claim to be followers of Jesus? The purpose of God is not to save us from hell. The purpose of God is to save us and to make us like Christ. We will never be done or, sorry, God will never be done with us until the day we see his face. When his name is on our foreheads. We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And finally, we can't go through a whole bunch of bad things. That's not how this really works. It's uh, The reason I like these kind of passages is because we, we get to see the contrast. We get to see this is how you were, and this is how I want you to be. The contrast is here. That's why I love these things. God's teaching me. We get to hear um, God say, this is how I want you to live. Not like this, but like this. That's what we're seeing in the passage. So we've learned so far how not to reflect, or how to be a bad reflector. Now we need to learn what it means to be a good reflector of Jesus. Our passage gives us two ways. Verse 25 says, that It is better... But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it by doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. How do you put that into practice? Well, I think it's a choice. I choose to spend time with Jesus every day. Better yet, I choose to spend every day with Jesus would be the best way to go. I choose to spend time in His Word. I choose to spend time in prayer. I choose to spend time listening intently to him. And desires aside and say, your will be done. That's how Jesus finished off the prayer. Your will be done. No matter what, Jesus, I will follow you. And then stick with it. The beauty of this thing is, is that we're not doing this thing alone, are we? We have the Holy Spirit living in us who will lead us and guide us and direct us and who will convict us and who will teach us. That's the beauty of this thing. We have the Holy Spirit. Look intently into God's Word. Spend as much time there as you possibly can. The second way that I've got here is to get practical. And this has a few more steps in here. Get practical. The first one we've touched on a little bit already. It says, verse 19 says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So guard your tongue. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to say reflecting God's glory? So if I'm talking about another person remember that that other person is created in the image of God, right? And if I'm about to say something that's not edifying to them or not glorifying to God, maybe I shouldn't be saying that thing. What we're saying to God is that we know better about this person than what God does because that person is created in God's image. Take it a step further. If we're making, We're pretty good at making words sound really nice, but the intent behind what we're saying isn't always the most... Helpful. Jesus knows the intent behind our words too. We're not gonna linger on that one because we've already talked about that one. Let's go into number two. James 1:27 says, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless. That is pure and faultless, is this? To look after widows and orphans and from being polluted by the world. Look around today. Do you know anybody who's in distress? There seems to be a lot of people today who are in distress. Jesus asks us to be caring for those people. So there's a whole, as many different people as you know, there's, that's as many different ways as you know how to care for somebody. Could mean getting groceries, could mean giving them a call, could mean stop for a visit, spend time with people. The possibilities with this thing are endless. God's really what he's saying here is make people a priority. The second thing that he touched on there was keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. My commentary says it like this, James stresses living in the world, but doing so with intelligent forethought in order to keep one's life and one's reputation and one's faith pure and secure. For James, true faith enters the surrounding culture but remains free from evil that's found there. So you remember when I said that mirrors don't really work well in the dark? The world around us is a very dark place. I think you would agree with that. We're not called to separate ourselves from the world. What we're actually called to do is be a reflector of God's glory in a dark world. We're called to be a light in that dark place. We're called to put up those boundaries and guardrails around us so that we don't fall into darkness. As well as be a reflector of Jesus in that place. Put up the guardrails, but reflect Jesus, that's what we're called to do. So the best way I know to finish off a message like this today is by asking ourselves two questions. What is God saying to me today? And what changes do I need to make moving forward? What is God saying to me today? And what changes do I need to make moving forward? The goal here is to be more like Christ, to reflect Him to others. So what does that look like for me? Let's just close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning. I Thank you that you love us so much. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you that uh, you give us the way that you have for us to live. And I pray that you would help us to, to learn what that really means in our lives. Help us to be a good reflector of you, Jesus. Keep us away from the ways of the world. Make us a great reflector of you. Keep us humble. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.